Brentford. Fuck Brentford. Fuck Brentford. Hope everyone's staying well and cool during this warm front that's been hidden almost everywhere. I know one group of people that did not stay cool, and that was Arsenal and their 4-0 win over Chelsea on the weekend in Orlando. Here to talk to me about that and many more things is Beckett. Beckett, how are you doing today? Great. Team's heating up on fire, some would say, with the next dub. Doing good, man. Summer's flying by, and it's definitely hot. Spent the last weekend on a boat um, with some family and friends. It's always great. But, yeah, a little bit jealous of your recent excursion down to Orlando, especially since I had tickets last year when it got canceled. So, dying to hear about all that was. Yeah, not the whole family was on the boat because I was in Orlando. And, well, yeah, it was hot there, too, I will say. Oh, my goodness. Um, that uh, Orlando Gunners put together a big pregame bar party, block party almost. Um, Morgan and I got there. Couldn't even get into the bar, really. It took about... 45 minutes for us to get drinks so we got three apiece and walked out onto the uh, street side where I don't think we were supposed to be with drinks but there were so many people overflowing the bar that the bouncers didn't care cops were driving by on their megaphones you know going crazy but um yeah it was packed a whole lot of Arsenal fans and quite a bit of Chelsea fans as well it's probably an even split in the stadium but not at the end of the game, I'll say that. Uh, those guys were walking out around the 70th minute. So, Yeah, that's awesome. It looked like it was packed and triple fisted, man. Oh, yeah. He's outdone the, the, the normal double fisting. That is, that is nuts. How'd but, you feel yeah, by the I end of the game? There. Oh, I was feeling fine. I was feeling good. How can I feel All bad right. after yeah. that? Well, I know. Yeah, that's true. I just meant alcohol-wise, but yeah, you had to be feeling yeah. great. Oh, yeah. Well, luckily, Morgan was being a doll and would make the beer run, so I didn't have to go miss any of the action. Love that. Uh, I would have missed Bukayo Saka's goal had I done it. She walked back as I was celebrating, uh, (laughs) so that was cool. Um, But, yeah, afterwards was fine because we had about a 30-minute walk from the downtown bar area to the stadium and back. Um, So we walked like an hour in the middle of drinking all that, so that kind of helped. The alcoholism yeah. and we had taco bell cantina after oh yeah the game after that walk. Yeah. so that just helped absorb it all oh shout out the beefy five lay burrito <laughs> no sour cream love that yeah but anyway why don't we uh just get into the game i'll let you guys get ahead since you watched it on tv i was watching from behind a goal sam do you want to start oh well obviously an amazing game Obviously, only got to catch the highlights. I didn't watch it live since uh, where we were boating has no service. So, um, really tucked away for the weekend. But, um, I mean, you can't beat a 4-0 dub over Chelsea. I sent my uh, Chelsea friend a picture of Jesus cheaping over the keep over the keeper. And he was like, oh, I'll give the whole preseason caveat. But I'd much rather win 4-0 to Chelsea than lose 4 Four zero to Chelsea any day of the week, so gotta rub that in when you can. Absolutely, I agree. Um, I think that is our opening day lineup, which played the other night, and I'm kind of okay with it. Maybe 
if some players come back from injury, you could argue that it might change for them. But I think that team looked good. We looked fluid. They brought the sauce. Everything was – we looked like we were way more advanced in uh, the season than preseason. So uh, I love – Jesus obviously fits four goals in four games. Obviously fits. Zinchenko, you get him two days ago, and you, even if people say you overpaid for him, which you didn't, the fact that you don't even have to have him practice but once, and he can play your t- style of football, means you got exactly who you needed. And uh, he will definitely help us in how we build up and how we play this season. So, I I thought they. It looked unbelievable in the first half, and then obviously with some changes, we fell off a little bit, but still a good second half. Yeah, to your Zinchenko point, he yeah, he looked a little rusty, um, a little Aaron touches there and there, but also played some incredible balls into space across the field for Saka. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's going to be a top player. There's no doubt about that. Uh, in regards to your statement about the starting lineup, I think that that probably is. I don't see Tomiyasu or Tierney getting back after pretty much not participating in really any games. Tierney had limited time. Tomiyasu didn't even play at all. So I can see that, and I like it because Zinchenko going forward, you can drop into that three back with Ben White sliding back in. Jesus obviously looks so good. He turned Chalaba <laughs> like a top. In about the first 10 minutes of the game, he megged Sterling in the first five seconds of the game, chasing down a second ball, winning a free kick. Obviously, the dink is so nice. Um, and another player that has impressed me the whole preseason, but it's different in real life, was William Sleba. Oh, my God. I was getting flashes of Kyle Walker when he's tracking back and just makes mopping up stuff. He looks like that, that Veron flashback card from FIFA this year, but in real life. I yeah. mean, it's really incredible. And not just defensively, but offensively, how quickly he can move the ball. He's the one who played that pass into Jesus to uh, allow him to turn Chalaba. So I'm really excited for that too, because he looks to be a whole entire unit. Yeah, well, him and Gabriel are just huge pairing. And Saliba has just seemed so composed all the time, which I love and which... We haven't had in recent times at the center back position. So I love that. And then with Ben White covering a little bit at right back over the season two, and then Dinchenko being able to sub in, giving us that flexibility with Tierney. Hopefully that'll help with uh, Tomiyasu and Tierney injury problems, being able to give them a little bit more rest. I know we talked about versatility and moving that three back in in the attack. But if Mikel is really looking for versatility, I mean, that back line is so fluid because you think if you want Tomiyasu to play right wing back, Zinchenko to play left, Tierney can drop in a center back. Tomiyasu can drop in a center back if need be. Like, it, those players can just play all across the line, which is really exciting. And just being able to vary up the looks on teams so they don't know exactly what they're preparing for every week when they play Arsenal. Yeah, I agree. And that that comes with added players who just give you flexibility all over the place or having players that can do that with Zinchenko. And even when Ben White would push forward, 
you we saw in the games and Shanka would tuck in and they would form a three back as well. So I think the team is going to be versed, pretty versed in a three back. And we saw them do that in the, in the preseason already. So I agree. I think that's, that'll be a possible play and f- for defensive structure, but I, it, it's kind of crazy where we're at compared to where like thinking back to where we started last season, we were all over the place. I mean, we didn't have half this three of the four defenders of Gabriel didn't play. So we didn't have any of this back line. It's a whole new back line. Um, so it's just kind of crazy going into the season. You kind of know that you're set defensively and positionally, and you know that these players are good. <laughs> it's kind of different feeling going into the season, isn't it? Oh, it's a long shot away from Pablo Mari and Colin Chambers on the first game of the season. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and thankfully, it's all set up, well, for the most part, now. How am I trying to say this? The start to our season is way too important, and there's way too many easy points to not get off to a good start, if that makes sense. We can't. I think we have the best start, probably the best first eight games in the whole entire league. So, really crucial that all of that business got done already. We've had a whole preseason with almost all of our players, aside from Tomchenko, but as we already stated, it doesn't even really matter because he slots right in so perfectly. So it's really, really looking bright, and I'm really excited to see that Emirates Cup final against Sevilla just for one little final test before Crystal Palace. Spurs would say that's a trophy. Spurs need that to be a trophy. So <laughs> we'll give it to them. Um, any other players? How about how about the Odegaard goal? Anything about that? I know that Tuchel was so pissed after yeah. that goal. Oh my god, he do, he didn't know what happened. Doesn't know. Well, obviously he knows what happens, but he couldn't believe it happened. What a run from Odegaard too. He plays that ball makes a darting run, then gives a little hesitation, and then just slips right in. Martinelli, calm and composed, slides it to him. And what a yeah. finish, too. And he got it out of his feet. Like It was, it looked like he was going to take it longer because of his first touch, but he just kind of got his left foot around it. Brilliant finish. I, I mean, that's... he. If we have him making runs like that this year with Jesus and Saka and Gabriel Martinelli showing that ability... Well, that's a lot more goals. And I think if he can get to around eight goals this season, Premier League, that's, I would, con- you know, he's going to get the assist. So I think if we see more of that from him, it's just going to completely change this offense. And I also wanted to mention how we said last week who the most important player was. I think it's kind of definitive that it would be Jesus because of the, the offensive fluidity that he brings and his him being able to link up with someone like Odegaard and all Martinelli already and Saka. It's just like instant chemistry because he also knows exactly where to be. So I, I, I really like the way the attack looked. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, Q, what were your thoughts on uh, his free kick shortly before his goal? Do you think that was going in? Odegaard? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, it was, it was on the opposite side of us, so opposite goal. Yeah, um, it. I couldn't. I didn't have a great angle, and it always looked like it was going over just over. because of the whip that he put on it. But when Mindy put a little effort into it, I was like, "Ooh, might have been closer than I imagined." His goal is just nice, though. You know I mean, I don't know how Martinelli has that much time to just sit there on the ball outside the box, but I'm not worried about that. Yeah, Jorginho kind of like 
looked at the ball, tried to check for where Odegaard was, and Odegaard just slipped right behind him while he, he was, was looking. And, yeah, when he like, you can see it on TV. He like realizes that he's gone. He's like, oh shit! <laughs> like tried to take a step. And he's just like, oh, he's past me. Yeah, they. I mean, they looked. Chelsea looked kind of shaky a little bit too. Not that we didn't, we weren't harassing them and all over them, but I think part of the reason they looked shakier was because we were harassing them and all over them. The press looked really good. That's one thing that Odegaard was insane with in this game was he was all over the press, getting he was setting the tempo offensively and defensively. And one thing I was saying, kind of revolving around pressing, one thing I was saying the whole game to everyone sitting around me, Oregon all the Arsenal fans around was just urging Saka to run at the opposition because first half it was Emerson Palmieri and the second half it was Marcus Alonso. Neither of them are shifty enough or capable enough to keep him contained. So anytime you got the ball, I'm just go at him. It's preseason. Who cares? Just go embarrass him. Go get in line. Go cut something back. Um, and he played, he played really well as well and then capped it off with a goal. After Xhaka turned into Ronaldinho. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Neymar Xhaka there. On the right foot, too. I know you like that, Beckett. Yeah, I yeah, I do. <laughs> Honestly, uh I think Xhaka is gonna have a good season. Just because I think because we are so much more solid around him, he doesn't have to be perfect. And if he doesn't have to be perfect, like when he plays with Switzerland, he plays in a system that he doesn't have to be perfect. Obviously a little slower too, but he thrives. So when he's got all these people around him that are able to play the game to relieve pressure from him, I think he might have a really good season. And we saw signs of it last season. He he was pretty sturdy in there, so... As much as uh, we've complained about him in the past, possibly, I think he could. When he's when all the focus might not be on him, I think it could help him. See, I don't think we've ever complained about Jock or the person or anything of the such. I think we've just complained that he wasn't good enough. And we might have said he wasn't good enough for Arsenal, which we might have to eat that a little bit. But he definitely wasn't good enough for the role that we were giving him. I'm I'm not going right. to take that back. No, I. But uh, part of that I think is Arteta. One, obviously, our squad's gotten better, but and is more technical, so it can play with him in it. But two, I think Arteta had has identified and tried to solidify slash protect that as much as possible. What you know and what you can't get from Shaka. Although everyone wants an eight based on having other options and Shaka, I don't know if we're going to get one now. I haven't seen anything with Tillman's. I keep seeing it bounced around that they want too much or something, but who knows what's really going on. Speaking of which, I, th- I saw that Lester wants Leno. He wants Tillman's. Yeah, I don't know. I saw. Yeah, a lot of people too. were saying that. I saw that they that Schmeichel's going to Nice. Yeah, Ren, I think. Ren somewhere, or, in, somewhere in France. It's French league. I didn't. I, I'm surprised. I was shocked when I saw that today. <laughs> Why, man? You're a goat. You never have to buy a drink in the city of Leicester ever again. I don't know. 
Are they in? I wonder if he's going for Europa League, maybe or something. I don't know. I don't know. Huh. Odd. Odd indeed. Premier League will miss him. I I always enjoy watching Casper Franco play. Also, to just to mention it, we we will only have if we go with that lineup that we started with. We will only have. I guess Ben White was there the first game. Yeah, he would. We picked him up sooner. We'll have three players in the lineup that we started our season last season. Yeah. Which is and I'm okay crazy. with three of them too. So. Yeah. Crazy. Well. On to the last goal, Beckett. I know this one's probably your favorite, given who got the assist. And everyone knows I love a great header goal, but do you want to do the honors? Dude, I honestly, as much as I've seen him cross the ball, I thought he was not going to find the Congo. I didn't think it was going to. I didn't think it was going to happen. I thought, I thought it was going to be floated way too high, and it wasn't going to be a good ball. But. Damn, was I wrong because he put that on a tee. And that was a dope header from the Congo. That was a really nice finish. Yeah. You got to love the celebration, too. But no, that's definitely the best ball Cedric's played in an Arsenal jersey. Like, I, I wouldn't complain about the other crosses. They were just not good. But this one, I mean, he definitely. I don't know, right. man. He's showing he's showing some signs of an improving player. He scored on the last day of the season, and he's bringing in huge assists like that. I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but considering the amount of time and the amount of space there was at the back post, if that ball doesn't find Lakonga, the questions have to be asked. So, I mean, uh, yeah, good for him. I'll I'll just leave it at that. Good for Cedric. Glad to see he's contributing. Laconga had a lot to do there, so Laconga definitely. But it was a good ball. It was a good ball. Sam's right. The celebration is nice too. Get the get the yellow card. Take the shirt off. Kiss the kiss the badge. Love it. Well, originally he was showing the numbers, and then he turned it around and started kissing the badge. I was like, oh, there you go. I had it the wrong way. Asking about how I was feeling. I thought it was Saka who scored because we were behind the goal. I couldn't see. Um, I didn't think that Sambi would be up in that area of the pitch. That was just not what I was thinking. Uh, and then, so I'm yelling Saka, and then they're like, oh, Saka got taken off already. I was like, oh, yeah, that must be why I was taking a sip or five. Yeah, great yeah. header. I, uh, I think that Sambi... Moving him forward into an eight role, if you bring him on later in a game, I think he's going to find positions where he will be dangerous as well. Uh, and I hope he continues to develop. He wasn't really at the level last season, but I, th- I think maybe we're going to try to avoid playing him at a six. So if he plays as an eight, he's gotten into the box, in and around the box, assists, goals in this preseason so far. And it's definitely something we need out of the left eight. One thing that was evident last year, too, just in his limited cameos, was that he's not afraid to take a shot from distance anywhere. Um, so that's positive as well. I know that none of them were particularly outstanding strikes of the ball, but as you said, just getting up to speed. He's still young, obviously. I think that's an area in a game that we can definitely see some improvement. Did, um, 
Did Party take a free kick this game? I don't think so. Xhaka took one early. Xhaka took one. Odegaard took one. Pepe hit the post. Yeah. Late. Um, I was hoping okay. that would go in. Just, you know, maybe get someone looking. <laughs> well, speaking of Pepe, did you see his post? I did not. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, I have it here. He said, I worked hard in the summer. Changed a lot of things. I'm focused and determined with Arsenal and determined with Arsenal and his teammates. What can you read that again? I worked hard in the summer, changed a lot of things. I'm focused and determined with Arsenal and his teammates. Who's his teammates? Or, or is and that... my teammates. Okay. <laughs> like what is he talking about? He's well, uh he's yeah, trying you to stay. say that. You gotta <laughs> say that, right? Yeah. I mean that's not when you said, "Have you seen his post?" I thought it was going to be something bad, but that didn't seem in Pepe's character. No. I if I, I he's I, I the only way he stays is if they can't find anyone to take him. I was going to say I don't know if there will be any takers. What are your thoughts on him staying in the event that he does? Do you think he can? Have I think he. I don't. I don't think he can play on the right side. I don't think he can do it. I. I don't know. He, I mean, he's not pushing Saka at all for a position over there. And my opinion has been that he's better on the left anyway. He might not be able to cut in, but maybe it's better for him if he can't cut in because he just cuts in and gets lost. There's a few times he cuts in, hits a good shot, but, I mean, he just, on the outside, he can possibly whip it in with his left foot. And that's dangerous when you have runners and Jesus who's just sniffing around looking for stuff in there. So I, I don't know. I, I, I don't want him to stay currently. I don't think he's shown anything that he should be staying and he costs a ton of money. So. Do you think anyone misses out on time or do you think Pepe is another Ozil barely making match chase squads if making them? I mean, he was barely, barely making them at the end of last season. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe not barely making the squad, but he wasn't playing. There are a few games he got in, and maybe you thought, oh, maybe he's onto something, and it could change something. But I would think that it was too late. Like the Wolves' goal, like that's too late in the season for him to be. You, you're glad he showed up then, but that's not really making a difference. You know what type of player he is. You've had him a couple of years. I don't know. I think. If, if we keep him because Arteta wants him, then there's something that he sees. If we keep him because we couldn't find anyone to take him, then it's more problematic. Yeah, and there he featured pretty prominently in most games. He had made at least some sort of an appearance. So I don't know whether you want to read into that, putting him in the shop window and showing other teams what he can do or if. There's actually some plan for integration there. That's left to be seen. There are a few other players that like that too in a similar boat. Ainsley Mate Niles got minutes throughout all of it. Uh, in center mid the whole time. So, yeah. I've And I don't think the future bodes well there. I've seen a lot of clips of him making an Aaron pass and Arteta freaking out on the bench. So I, I don't think the future is very bright. On that front. Yeah, I would Who, agree. Who's going to take that, though? Who's going to take Ainsley Niles? I would think, honestly, you know who should is Brentford. <laughs> he can I've play wingback. Nottingham Forest. 
and center mid. And he's English, but pretty good. I think he would. I think he would be a good fit for Brentford, but they probably won't do it. Yeah, well, they're also moving to that four three three, slowly but surely as well, kind of eliminating that wing back role. I think Nottingham Forest would be a good fit, and he'd just slide right in Jed's bin spot. I thought they had. Did they have someone else at right back too? Yeah, but I mean, either way, I think, I mean, he's played the whole the whole preseason in center mid. I don't think I've seen him play right back. So maybe he's being put in the shop window to play center mid for someone else. Yeah. But who knows? Surprised a German team isn't on him or something. There's probably two. I don't know. Well, another player who went didn't feature once, I don't think, Leno. Constantly being touted with moves away, but it seems like Arsenal are going to be stubborn on those fees as well. Been linked, like we said, with Leicester, with Fulham still. So his options and time are kind of drying up if he wants to put on a show anywhere to try to get in the World Cup squad. Because I don't see it happening at Arsenal. I think they've already turned the page on that, and Matt Turner's the number two. On Cuckoo win as well. I don't think he got any minutes. He's probably going to need to be loaned or playing U twenty one threes. So, still some outgoing business to be done. That is for sure. I think Arsenal went to thirty three people, and they left home the likes of Charlie Patino and a few other academy kids who have gotten some first team looks and minutes. So. I'm not sure where that's going to be. We still have the Lucas Torreira debacle going on, too. He wasn't even in Orlando for this game. Yeah. Uh, It's it's crazy that teams are just like, hey, we don't want to pay you for your players. I I get COVID was a thing, and some clothes are hurt financially, but since when is that a thing? You just, um, we don't want to give you money for your guy. Okay. Continue to suck. Continue to suck then. But that's just, yeah, that's just a crazy principle, especially someone like Lucas Torreira, who had a good season last year in Italy. He won their player of the month three times in the last, in the second half of the season. They wanted to keep him, but they were just hardballing on the price, buying all these other players. I don't understand it. And Bettis apparently has agreed with Bellerin, but they don't want to they want to pay a little to no fee. I'm just like, he's twenty seven. He's in his prime. <laughs> I know he had his ACL injury and so he's not quite what he was, so maybe a little he's trending down maybe because of that. I don't know. But he played good for them last season. It's like you can't just have someone get on loan, play well for you, help you win a trophy, and then say we want him back, but he really doesn't have any value. That's the craziest shit I've ever heard. And everyone's trying to do it at Tarsenal. Pissing me off. Well, maybe it's back in the loan again. I don't think you're getting a whole lot, and I get that every you know dollar counts, every million counts, they add up. But I don't think it's a bad time and Tarsenal's in a bad place right now. In order to... <laughs> I don't think they're in a bad place. I think they can just send out on loan and just eat it, which is going to segue into our next point, talking about the Edu interview. 
where it's better to just pay players to leave. But instead of being big-dicked by the likes of Fiorentina and Betis for our players, I think they have to set a message saying, fine, you don't want to pay, you won't get him. We'll send him on loan again to someone else, and then he's free to sign wherever he wants afterwards. But we're not going to give you a player for nothing. Like, if you don't want to pay, that's fine. You you have to wait. Because I don't think we're going to miss out on a whole lot of money on Bellerin, on Maitland-Niles, Terrera even, which is depressing considering we spent 30-plus on him. But, yeah, I don't think we're in the worst place to just command fees or you don't get them. Yeah, well, I, and that, that was part of what Adu said that I was – I mean, we understand it. You had you hear him say it, and you're like, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Obviously, I already we knew it, or we kind of could work it out. But he's right, and the age profile we were at that he was talking about was basically the players we can't sell are at that point. And to that point, hopefully, you can make it where this is the last summer you have to deal with that shit. So if you have to. You don't want to with any of the those guys, but if you have to, maybe you do do lesser deals for Bellerin or Torreira just to get them out, so we're not dealing with this anymore. And then the people, all the people you've bought brought in in the last two seasons are only like going up in value right now. And so he was talking about how kind of got to get rid of these players to try and create value within the squad. And look, what were we talking about on the last podcast? We were talking about what would we sell these players for on our squad that we bought within the last couple of years that came through our academy. And it's like, Gabriel cost, what, 30-something? And we're talking about 70. Martinelli cost eight? We're talking about 70. We're talking about 70 for ESR. Not that any club is actually paying that, but in our eyes, we've already grown that value within the squad to make up for all of these shit deals we've had the last three years. If you take... ESR's profit and Martinelli's profit basically on their value now, you cover most of the mistakes we've made in the past couple of years. Obviously, the Pepe one might take out one of those players entirely because his value's shit, but the point stands that you're creating, like, you can understand with what he's saying with the plan. And if they have a plan, I've, you know they're not going to get everything right, but you feel better hearing him talk about it. Yeah, and one of the things that I really liked that I heard Edu say in the interview or read was him talking about going to players and the first thing they talk about is where you're going to fit, how we see you, our project, what we're trying to do, how we want you to play in our system, all of that. And if players aren't interested, they don't even get to money. Okay, thanks for your time. Bye. Same thing with that reference to that Borussia Dortmund player where the player's like, oh, well, let's just talk about money first. Oh, if that's how you want to be? Okay, thanks for talking. Bye. I think we need that, and I think we've seen a lot of that in our limited pursuit of players. Like, he referenced Rafinha Deco. He talks to him. He says, his dream's Barcelona. All right. We won't even waste our time. Like, we want players that want to be here. And that's just that's something that I feel like we've missed out on a little bit in the past five, six years. 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's something you need in your culture too. Um, I like that. He also said that him and Mikel are typically on the same wavelength in terms of decisions to make and how to go about things. So, and then obviously given Mikel that contract um, allows him to kind of settle in and see that they have the faith in him and they think like the futures for each other should be together. So um, I think that's great to see also. There's one thing I will walk back in our conversation between you and I and Beckett surrounding that deal. I was upset with the timing and you were, you were talking about contracts with players like Sokka, you know, well, is coach going to be here before I sign anything, which Sokka hasn't signed yet. So that's not part of it, but I didn't completely disregarded the fact that Edu is working on signings at that point in time too. And those agents of other players are saying, well, is this going to be the thing whenever we actually get there or for one year, two years? Um, so to show that faith while you're doing that recruiting before the transfer window even starts is nice to see. And yeah, I, I'll walk back that timing thing, though I think it could have been handled a little better. Um, I will. I'll walk it back a tiny a tad. You have to let people know, and I think it ruins it ruins your ability to get someone like Jesus if he doesn't know who his coach is. Yeah, agreed. So, uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I I I think that it was it was a good interview because you got to hear him talk about things. Now, a lot of things we hear like come through the media or like we'll read it on the athletic and. I'm fairly trusting of a lot of things that comes from the athletic, but when you hear it from him, it's completely different. It's like, okay, now we definitely understand what the plan is. We can see why you had to do some things. And for to, for him and Arteta to be on the same page, <laughs> I was thinking about it earlier whenever I read the article and it's like, okay, look at where our front office is now also compared to where we were a couple of years ago. And if, and I was thinking about it in FIFA terms, and it was like there was just a red link and then a yellow link to the top, and then maybe a yellow link to the owners. And Edu and his technical director and him and Arteta have a green link because he's not buying players that won't fit his system. Him and the coach are just on it with each other. When we ended up with Pepe because our front office bought Pepe instead of who the coach want, which was Zaha. So it's like that disconnect change and I don't, I'm not saying that would have kept Emery around and I don't think he should have stayed around that stylistically wasn't it but that is an example of you didn't have a clear plan you clearly hear Eddie laying one out now and everybody's on board with it yeah what do you think of the we need murderers or killers we need killers I love that <laughs> quote yeah okay okay fuck you okay I, I love that quote I think that is really emblematic, too, of the problems that Arsenal have had in the past. You get labeled as such a dirty team with so many reds and all that, but how many of them are actually earned? How many of them were Arsenal players sticking up for others, like going out to kill? I I struggle to think of one. Rob Holding lost his head in that Tottenham game, but he didn't want to murder anyone. He just made a stupid foul. Yeah, you know, like they need. We need to have someone, especially when Saka's getting kicked to the ground. Jacques has got that stigma about him, where refs just want to give him reds. 
we needed just more players that with that mentality not even that but just the not losing as well yeah it's killer in all regards yes you're feisty but you're also you have that killer instinct too where you like i'm not fucking losing today yeah cold-blooded not losing your head not yeah not portuguese pepe but just cold-blooded calculated killers (laughs) Saka gets hit you take his number 20 minutes later on the corner kick that dude's not getting up you know what i mean it's in the attacking half you know yeah, and I he I also liked that he touched on uh, David Luiz and William. He had he had good intentions with Williams with William it seems, but yeah, I think he might have been just as surprised as the rest of us that William sucked. Uh, there's no hiding from that decision. So, I read the Ars blog review of that interview. And he was talking about how we had to pay Williams so much to go. I don't remember that being the case. Is that the case? Can you correct me on it? But I'm pretty sure William accepted the fact that he was completely underperforming. I think he did, but I don't think he accepted not being paid to leave. I think we yeah. paid him. Maybe maybe we, he agreed to take... I think it was just uh, a little lit. Maybe like he took what? some less, like 70%, but he definitely got a fat payout. Because it was also a three-year deal. Yeah. That's the reason why he, he signed with the team. Champions League with he, Arsenal. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously that's a miss and a big miss. Yeah. And he's, I think he didn't quite say it because it's probably hard to come out and just say that's a huge swing and a miss. But I think that one was in the interest of short-termism, which we had fallen in, a victim to in the past. And part of, and you were trying to add a player who you thought or who was previously quality just so we could hold over didn't work. And with the Alba thing, I've seen things about, yeah, well, what about Alba? You, you signed him to a new contract as well, but short-termism is like, William wasn't performing at top level. He was performing at a level that was like, okay, your experience can still help us. The short-term short-termism with, Alba is different because he was performing at such a high level that you have to overlook it some because this team needed 20 goals. And for us to get that somewhere else, we were going to have to pay 50 million plus, which Jesus was not available for 50 million last season. It would have cost way more than that, probably 75 or so. So yes, short-termism gamble, his performances were saying he could handle it. Sometimes performances overshadow your ability to plan perfectly too. So, I, I'm yeah, it doesn't work out in the end, but you're going to make mistakes. But it definitely helped us getting the best out of him for a short period of time. Well, back to your Alba point, Edu specifically referenced in the interview saying he has no problem paying huge contracts to players who are performing, and that's yeah. not a big deal. And that's a direct shout to the younger players as well. Kyle, Gabby, all of those guys. Us shedding all these big contracts is not saying we won't pay them. You can get that at Arsenal if you're going to perform consistently. That's been the problem, though, is all of our big earners, as soon as they start getting that money, and I hate to put that stigma on it, but it's true. As soon as they get on that big deal, it's like, 
were walking when, in the park. When they get the second deal. It was yeah. Ozil's second deal. Ozil's, yeah, all the... Uh, the contract renewal. You're right. The That's one, uh, well, I mean, it wouldn't have worked out probably for him either, but of those three players, I mean, Alba was getting 20 goals a season, but Ramsey was, would probably have given you all his all, at least through the contract had you signed him. But I don't have any qualms, not signing him in hindsight. I think he did the same. Yeah, Juve, though, in, so. Injury wise, he wouldn't have lasted, which is a shame for him. But Juve put themselves in that same boat, and what they do two days ago, but just terminate his contract. Yeah, paid him out the wazoo, and he started taking a stroll. Oh, Aaron, gosh, now I just can't get the picture of you. No, but I still okay out of your head. I love, I love Aaron um, Rambo, and I, I think it would have probably gone sour had he stayed anyway so i'm kind of glad he yeah rode off into the sunset um okay back to our killers question sam we're gonna start with you top three killers on the team go killers like killers, like aggression your definition man ice cold killers well i think killers i think of like a goon and enforcer out there so I'd probably go Gabriel, um, Jaka number two. Soft. You don't think so? He wanted to rip Reese James' head off after uh, he shoved him. Jaka gets like that. When's he ever going to do anything about it? That's what I'm talking about. Never going to do anything about it. Okay. Three. Gabriel Jaka, who's the last one? Um... That's tough. Like could be a lot of guys at three. Jacques is a provocateur. He'll get you. He'll into get the it fight. started. He'll you get think, you into the fight. Yeah. You think but, he got? He's the guy that moves off to the outside when it really gets going. I don't think he moves off to the outside. I think he gets the fight going, and he's the distraction. And then Gabriel comes in, and he's just cleaning out. And then Jacques <laughs> is standing over him still. Like I told you not to fuck with us. <laughs> that's funny i don't know if i have a third yeah i don't know <laughs> the uh, third one's tough Ramsdale, which shows maybe? you which shows you what we're missing but it's, i can't believe uh, you guys no one's gabriel tierney yeah tierney, <laughs> tierney's yeah. my two uh my third third i don't know i think it i'm hoping it might be saliba i'm hoping he brings that into the team um Jesus will definitely get into scrum some uh, little altercations for himself, and then I don't know. Shaka's probably the next one. Maybe Ben White. I'm not. He's probably not getting into it. He's probably just like get out of here, <laughs> just like walking away. <laughs> yeah. That's one thing though. Ben White is another provocateur. He'll he'll start some shit. He'll throw some elbows around. He'll definitely kick someone. He'll yeah. definitely oh, yeah. back up anyone that gets a knock. Gabriel's yeah. my number one. He's the biggest oh, warrior yeah. on the team. He, uh, dude, I remember last season he flew in like 30 yards and shoved someone. And he got a yellow card afterwards. I forgot what game it was. But it, it just you know that dude's there to back his teammates up. Gabriel's my guy to absolutely put a whopper on Harry Kane this year. Absolute whopper. I'm thinking back to that cheap shot Kane took on the line after Gabriel had played it, like seconds after Gabriel had played the ball. I'm really, I'm really looking for big things from him this year. 
Um, I would give Jaka a shout for for Stone Cold Killer. Um, but as I said, he doesn't do enough on the actual. Maybe it's just because he's not mobile enough to make contact <laughs> on someone. You know, like run through someone. But he'll definitely be there stand up for other players. Um, I mean, there were a couple of times last season he was grabbing people's throats. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I think he's he's kind of trying to kill some people out there. So we got Gabriel. I'll give Granite Ben White shouts. Um, let's see. El Nenny's got some fuck with me shit going. Yeah. Oh, he, he's kind of he's a softy, but he'll he'll. I've seen a few games where he's slapping people's arms out of the way and getting up on them. So. Oh yeah, he got that yellow for retaliation for pointing at that guy and throwing the ball. Yeah. Oh. Holdings a pretty bit hard ass. Now that I think about it, he yeah. stood over. He definitely Monday, takes people Monday. on. Yeah. yeah. He got all Holding up in Diego down. Costa one of his first games and i was like okay boy <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it yeah i think i'd i think i'd go tyranny too tyranny's sticking up for anyone and everyone is afraid of a guy who's got a shirt tucked in out there it's like well, well this guy's old school oh here comes the here comes the untucked shirt coming at you <laughs> untucks it just to throw you around ramsdale's got a bit of spice too yeah i'll give ramsdale some spice as well tyranny's a beast so if you had to pick one person to fight to back you up, um, Gabriel's our top. So we're not gonna count yeah. Gabriel. Hundred percent. The size of the size. He's got the aggression. Oh, uh, like aside from Gabriel. Yeah, he's he's obviously our all number one. Is this street fight or boxing? This is like you're walking out of the pub at late night, and some dude starts chatting shit about the Arsenal shirt that you have. You turn around and say, "Come get some." And he does decide to come get some. Who is on your right shoulder that's ready to take on him and his boy? <laughs> I'm taking Saliba. A dude's a big boy. I, I know Tierney might have some aggression to him, but that is a big man. Sam? Saliba's a good shout, for sure. I think he'd be like a... A bouncer ass because he's always got like a pretty straight face, and you know if he's standing behind you, I don't think you're gonna get in a scrap anyway. Yeah. Um, but I also think Ramsdale would be crazy in the pub, so I think coming out of there, he'd be feeling pretty good. So his, I think his Ramsdale's eyes, my guy. He'd have those crazy eyes. He's like, "What'd you say, bitch? <laughs> oh, you say?" Yeah. He'd you been know. having a lot of fun in the pub. I heard him on Fozcast talking about his nights out. Yeah. Oh that's true. yeah. I think I'm taking him because I don't even think I have to say anything. I think as soon as it's said, he's chatting shit immediately. Oh, yeah. That's good. And everyone knows you got to be nuts to be a goalie. Mm -hmm. Like pain tolerance out the wazoo. I mean, I bet he, I bet he tells the guy, come on, take the first shot right here at my chin. Come on. And then doesn't even phase him because you're to pick him up like the ball, (laughs) chuck him five yards. That's a good shot. I'm taking Ramsdale. Confirmed. He's crazy. That's a crazy dude. I'd probably take Mikel too, honestly. That's fiery, man. Very full of passion. Well-spoken. He'll probably just undress the guy with words. (laughs) He'll whimper away. He'll win him over. He'll win his heart over. (laughs) He'll join our side. The guy will be a personal (laughs) fan after the encounter. He'll end up apologizing. Like I had a bad week until I met you. Forgive me. Forgive now me. I had a great week. 
All right. Well, that might just about do it. You have anything else you want to say, Beckett? Um, I'm looking forward to the documentary dropping next week. Oh, I think yeah. it comes out on Thursday. And in preparation for that, I watched the first Hale End documentary too. It's on. Uh, it's on the app, Arsenal app. They've got a 22 minute episode of Hale End inside Hale End. That was pretty cool. There's supposed to be like six or eight of those as well. But I, they said they were going to be on YouTube. I haven't seen any more. But that was pretty good. And when does that documentary drop? On the 4th? The All or Nothing should be the 4th. So the evening before the kickoff. Evening before the season starts. That would be lovely. Oh my god. How am I going to sleep? Yeah. Next Friday is going to be rough. Yeah. I think I'm going to hit the pub at 8 a.m. for a uh, 2 p.m. kickoff. What do you say, boys? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Might have to take a half day. Yeah, are you going to be in the place by then? Hopefully. Uh, yeah, hopefully. Have a good watch party over there or something. I'm always down. Exactly. I can't wait for that documentary, though. I've watched a lot of the All or Nothings uh, that Amazon has put out, and it being about Arsenal now is just going to take it to another level because I've liked all of the ones I've watched and then now getting to see what behind the scenes at Arsenal looks like. It's just going to be crazy. Especially last season too. What a great season to have it. Yeah, exactly. Inject that shit, that content straight into my veins, man. (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to watch that thing so many times. (laughs) They're doing it in like phases, aren't they? Didn't you tell me? So it's three episodes, three episodes, and then, uh, one and one, I believe. So it's eight episodes total, but spread out over four weeks. The suspense that'll actually make me savor it, though. Mm-hmm. I'd watch another day if it all came out at once. I saw that they put out a trailer or whatever you want to call it, and it was Mikel Arteta's speech before the Norwich game, after yeah. we went zero and three in the first three weeks. It was really. I'm going to say motivating, but it's just really nice to go in and see that a coach who's obviously under so much pressure is not going at his players at all. And in fact, thanking them and telling them that they have made it the best week of his entire football and career in such pressure. And then for them to respond and go out and get a result after that, well, knowing that they did, it was just really cool to see, see that. Yeah, I'm really interested in seeing the how everything was dealt with Alba and how much they'll really get into, into that on the documentary. January transfer window. It'll be very interesting and enlightening. <laughs> no hard feelings, you think, when it comes to the end? It won't bring up any bad memories? Uh, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will have to. <laughs> oh, this season or the documentary? The documentary. Well, yeah, I mean, still, it'll have to because it'll go into this season and it'll be a little heartbreaking that we didn't get top four, which we'll see why we didn't get top four. But I don't know. We've had we've had a good transfer window, so nothing could really tank my uh, That's what I was going to say. You just got to look at where we are now. Yeah. Anytime you get sad in that, and automatically be happy. It, because of what we've done in the transfer window, I've been 
counting down the days for the season to start. And after seeing us play Chelsea, I was like, holy shit, I have to wait, wait two weeks still before the season starts. And it's, uh, I am very, very excited. Two more weeks for Zinchenko to get integrated. And it's crazy to say this, but we've gone 53 minutes without even mentioning potential arrivals, aside from a little bit of Thielman's. Um, and I, I just think that's huge that we're excited for the season and we're not even worried about any more players coming in. And it's not even August yet. Like, yeah. We're worried about getting players out so our academy players have room to grow, which I think is incredible. Oh, yeah. also, shout out to the five-sub rule. We've mentioned that so much, but I saw an update saying that five-subs will be in FIFA 23, both career go. mode and foot. Let's go. Hell yeah. That's going to... Had mean some people have crazy teams with subs, but that's all right. People always have crazy teams. People are gonna get so tactical with it now with five subs, probably. But hey, Arsenal's gonna get tactical with it too. So yeah, you gotta you gotta learn to adapt, man. Survive in advance. Here's a here's a question for you guys. Season starting, we have uh fantasy Premier League starting too. Is there any? How, what Arsenal players are you going to have on your uh, fantasy Premier League team? I just made my team today. I should have sent you guys the invite. Uh, I don't know if you got it or anything. Uh, I've got three. Well, let me preface it. My team name is Soccer Team. You know, we're playing some soccer. Nice. So, obviously, he had to be in. Um, I've loved Gabriel Jesus too much not to put him in as well. And then looking at our run of fixtures and form and thinking about that defense, I got Ramsdale as well. Pretty big bargain. And he's a great shot stopper. You look a lot more competent in front of him. Uh, so I picked up Ramsdale as well. Nice. What was his and price? And Six Tom. and a half? Uh, five. Five. Wow. For Ramsdale? I think it's five and a half. I don't remember. It's five or five and a half. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Sam, you got a you gonna pick up any Arsenal players? Yeah, I haven't made my squad, so I haven't really looked at all the prices, which will be factor into it. But I think Jesus is definitely gonna be my striker for the first part of the season. Just uh I mean the preseason I couldn't do him dirty and not pick him up to start. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh I'll have to look at what he is, honestly, before I if he's if if I can get him at a good price. Q, what do you think he was, Jesus? He was eight or eight and a half. Can't remember. Okay, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Let me What let me about real quick. center back Gabriel? Center back Gabriel was I don't remember. I didn't look at a lot of Arsenal players because I had two in there locked off the rip. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Um Yeah. I don't know. He was a good might... shot last year. Scored a couple headers, a couple goals. This year, I'll you can probably expect it. a lot more clean sheets. Jesus is I'll definitely like have five percent of the population who've made their team so far. Ramsdale was five million. Ooh. I'm. I don't know. I might take Saka, or I might do Jesus Martinelli. If Simchenko's starting, that's an opportunity for assist as well. Yeah, I thought about Simchenko, but I didn't so... want to put him in without knowing. Yeah. I think I know. Yeah, 
There's something to look at. I'll have to do that before the next pod, and I'll let you guys know what who's on my team. All right. Any non-Arsenal players that you're thinking are an automatic lock? I had two. Uh, automatic lock. Who you oh, Holland. Holland was Holland one was of them. One. Yeah, he's in my squad. Yeah. Another Man City I player. Haven't, they, I haven't seen him play. Well, I mean, I've, I know him, though, so maybe I don't need to see him play. <laughs> and I know City's just going to hound the net. So that might be a bet. Are you going to bet on him to win the Golden Boot? I already did that on Sorry, did, you, you bet on Hazy's? Yeah, I already did that on Hazy's, so I can't. I can't How much did you do? Did you do your free bet? I so I lost my fifty dollar <laughs> three bet because nice. it expired when I was in Florida and I couldn't bet while I was in Florida, nice. um, and I wasn't even paying attention to it. But I logged back on today. Well, let me press with that. When I got back and tried to use it, I only had a five dollar free bet. So I was like, whatever, throw that on Jesus. I think it pays out sixty something. Um, and then I logged back on today. Come to find out, they reinstated my fifty dollar free bet, so I have it again. So I might do 25 on something, and then I'm going to do 25 on Brazil to win the World Cup. Ooh. I like that. Ooh. I'm going to double down on Jesus, triple down on the Gabriels, bro. All right. All right. I was thinking about doing a future. I saw Arsenal top six was like minus 155, and I feel like that's almost a lock. Like, knock on wood, but Arsenal finishing top six. Come on. I just don't like betting on future you yeah well that's that's a horrible way to not win a lot of bets but i i usually agree (laughs) with you but (laughs) uh, i think i i don't know if i'll bet on i'll I'll probably bet a future but futures are just especially with the premier league it's so painful because you have to wait nine fucking months for it to pay out yeah but gotta consider the time value money i might do it I might wait and do the World Cup, but I'm probably lying to you because I'll probably put a bet on Arsenal making top four. Yeah, I think that's plus odds if you want that cue. I can't do it on FanDuel. They only have winners and top goal scorer, gold boot. What did you that was use, a good Sam? What? What did you use last season? Bet to MGM. Put that bet? Or right now? Okay. Yeah, I think I need to get on Bet365 or something that is more soccer-specific. Um, Yeah, maybe. But I'll have to look at what's on what's on what. I'm going to switch to yours for the uh, World Cup so we can get some free Randall? money. Yeah. Yeah. Who's your World Cup favorite, Beckett? I think it's France. Um, I bet on France for the Euros too, and I picked France for the last World Cup. So I've just been all over France, but I don't know. Brazil's looking good. I just think France has so many fucking defenders. <laughs> they just even if someone goes down before now in the World Cup, Plus, they've so got a shit goalie. I can you say that he's been good for them fuck out of here dude he's been good Who for france you? i'm not saying i like him i'm saying he's been good for france they have a shit goalie i'll put 20 dollars on it right now he fucks it up for him 
Well, I'll probably put France, and then I'll probably put someone else. I don't. I'm undecided on my second one. I'd love to see Brazil win it, so I might have to throw some on that too. Q. Yeah, I want to see if, all three Gabriel. If Gabriel Jesus, Gabriel Magalhas, and Gabriel Martinelli are both are all three on the squad, I will put fifty dollars on Brazil to win. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now. And I will never bet on England to win. So. I won money on England women's yesterday, thanks to that uh, impressive backheel goal. Shout oh, out, yeah, Beth that's Mead. right. I'm on both two bets on Beth Mead, so I'll take that. Was she the one who scored the backheel? No, she scored the opener, and she assisted. Yeah, that's what I thought. Before. She okay, yeah, okay, yeah. That backheel was nasty. I told you about that. I I was watching it. Obviously, I bet. Uh, over two and a half, so it's two nothing at that point in time, and I can't remember that Norwich girl's name is. Their left winger breaks down the wing, plays a perfect cutback, and that that chick hits it right at the goalie. So I'm like, no, what the fuck? Oh, let's go, let's go. <laughs> oh yeah, good scenes, man. And I think I might be more of a Lionesses fan than I am of U.S. Women's National Team fan for sure. That's why I'm a French fan too, Sam. You gotta follow your roots. I mean, Arsenal or a USA fan and a French fan. Last name, heritage. You gotta got a jersey. <laughs> Makes sense. Well, my heritage is straight British Isles, so. So you're a big Harry Kane fan. When he wears the you English like shirt. Harry Kane, <laughs> not me, man. Yeah, I was uh. Yikes. Big bird, get the hell out of here. I don't wish ill on very many people, but Harry Kane is one I'll never stop wishing ill upon. Yeah, I would agree. I don't, I don't, no. It's not it for me. Glad he didn't go to City, because I actually like watching City. Would have been, would have been the end of that. Thanks for muting there. <laughs> you can take I it all out. <laughs> yeah, I'll just fucking cut. I just won't even put you in the fucking pod. You're just going to cut this last like minute anyway, so it doesn't matter. Just take the whole yeah, thing I'm out. I'm just going to cut it out, and then I'm going to put in you saying, all right, that's, that's it. I'm signing off. All right, that's it. I'm signing off. All right, you heard it, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. We'll hopefully catch you back. Next week for a little preview pod right before the Crystal Palace game. If that's cool with everyone. Hell yeah. I'm big in for that. Yep. We'll catch you Wednesday. Thanks. Good episode, boys. Fuck Brentford. <laughs>